Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. Check out our website at newstantonchurch.com where you can find out how to join our live stream at 901 on Sunday mornings. Now let's prepare our hearts for the word that we're about to receive. Well, good morning. Glad you all are here for church today. If you don't know me, I'm Pastor Josh. I'm the director of community here at our church. Uh, Before we get into the message this morning, I want to let you know there's Bibles under your seats. If you don't have one, that's yours. You can take it home. Uh, We also handed out Connect cards on the way in. If you want to let us know you're here or if you have a prayer request for something going on in your life, you can put that in the offering baskets as you go. Um, If you'd like to give, you can put your gifts there as well. If you're online, we'll have a link for you. So this month, we've been talking about living a life on mission for Jesus. And our mission that Jesus gave us is to make more disciples of him. I gave you some easy steps to get started, uh, some tips for sharing your faith story, and encouraged you to help new believers to grow in their faith. And this morning, I want to help you understand how important it is to put your faith into action. You know, when I was around uh, 13 or so, my brothers and I pooled our money with my parents to buy a PlayStation. It was awesome as a 13-year-old, and it was a big step up from our old Super Nintendo. And my brothers and I really liked to play this game called Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. It was a skateboarding game. And we used to play this game uh, all the time. And my dad would come into the room, and he would just sit on the couch. He would kind of just watch and hang out. Now, he had absolutely no interest in Tony Hawk. He only had one video game that he liked to play, Gran Turismo, which is a car racing game. And while we were playing our game, he would sit on the couch and he would start to trash talk us. He was like, hey, I bet you can't beat me at Gran Turismo. And we'd be like, dad, we always beat you. And we would just keep playing our game. And then he would keep talking smack until we finally got so fed up. We're like, all right, we're going to put you in your place and show you who's boss. And we would switch on Gran Turismo, which was exactly what he wanted. It was brilliant, actually. He knew just how to play us so that he could play his favorite video game. But the funny thing is, he wasn't even that good (laughs) at Gran Turismo. He was just in it for the love of the game. That was just his game he wanted to play. But he was all talk. We would usually beat him in a couple races, and we would go back to playing our game after that because he couldn't back up all that trash talk. He was all talk. Have you ever met someone who was all talk? Not just someone who wanted to play a video game they weren't any good at, but someone who had a habit of saying one thing that sounded good and not actually doing it. Have you ever met someone like that? They say, let me know if you need anything, but then when it's time to load up the moving truck, They don't show up. They say, hey, we should get coffee sometime. But when you ask them about a certain date, they're never available. You know, if it happens once, someone's actions don't line up with what they say, you you might give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, it happens. But if it happens again or a third time, you're going to start to not really believe much of anything that they say, right? And it's the same way with how people think about Christians. If we don't live out what we say that we believe, they aren't going to believe what we have to say. And that's, that's a shame because we have the most important message in the world. But why should they believe us if we don't practice what we preach? Our words and our actions must go hand in hand. To share the gospel, words are necessary. 
but no one will believe you if your actions don't back up the message that you're saying. When I was about 10 years old, an incredible album came out from a Christian band called DC Talk. Anybody here remember DC Talk? They're awesome. Uh, They had a song called What If I Stumble on their album Jesus Freak. And at the beginning of this song, they had this quote from a pastor and author named Brennan Manning. And he said this. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. So the the greatest greatest cause of atheism is not some bad people out there. The greatest cause of atheism is right here. It's in you and me and how we live our lives. And if you weren't a Christian and the only Christians you knew were mean or vindictive or selfish, then you wouldn't want to be a Christian either. How we live matters because our mission will fail if our actions don't preach as loudly as our words, right? But this seems to be a problem for um, a lot of people in America. And I think that one of the reasons for this disconnect between words and actions is this concept that's been fed by our culture to Christians and non-Christians alike that faith is a private thing. And sometimes we buy into that. But what that means when people say that is that faith is just an idea in your head or a feeling in your heart. But true faith is expressed in our actions, right? It's something that people can see in what you do. They can hear it from your lips. It's not just something that stays inside of you. True faith cannot be private. If we want to live our lives to show people Jesus, our faith must affect everything that we do, especially our actions. And I want to talk about that this morning because, as many of you know, hypocrisy drives people away from Jesus. But loving your neighbor well attracts people to Jesus. The problem is, it's really easy to point out when someone else's words don't line up with their actions, okay? But it's a little more difficult to live in complete integrity for yourself where your actions line up with your message. And we all have a little bit of hypocrisy in us. Almost every person chooses what they want over what God wants or what's good for their neighbor at some point even if it's a little thing. I know I've done that before. Maybe our desire for acceptance or pleasure or money is stronger than our desire to love our neighbor, and so we give in. But the more that we don't express our faith in our actions, the more hypocrisy is in our life, then the less credible we are as a witness for Jesus. And the mission that God gave us requires us to take action. We can't make disciples if we aren't authentic disciples ourselves. And so I'm going to give you four reasons why Christians must express their faith by their actions. First, God has planned specific good works for you to do. God has a plan for you. But not just to do good things for you. He might do that, but his plan is much bigger and much better than that. He has a plan for you to show the world his love through specific actions that you take. God not only saved us so that we can spend eternity with him, but he saved us so that we can fulfill our mission and do the good works that he has planned for us to do. Let's see how Paul said it in Ephesians 2, verse 10. Paul said, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared 
in advance for us to do. You see, you were not just saved from something. You were saved for something. You were not just saved from sin and death and hell. You were saved to follow the plan that he has for your life. Amen? And you were God's masterpiece. When you put your faith in him, he created you as a new person in your spirit. Not only did he give you new life and a new hope, he gave you a new purpose to do the good works that he's planned for you to do. He saved you so that you can feed the hungry and comfort the broken and befriend the lonely. He saved you so that you can buy Christmas presents for a single mom with four kids. He saved you so you can can give a person a place to stay who got kicked out of their home. Whatever it is, there's specific things that he has planned for you. And, And if we don't love others with our actions, we've lost our purpose as Christians. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, 13 through 16. He said, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone who is in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. If we don't let our good deeds shine out for all to see, we aren't fulfilling our purpose. We don't make the world better, like salt makes the food better. We aren't fulfilling our purpose. I've kind of had to take it easy on salt because I'm prone to high blood pressure. And let me tell you what, food can taste pretty boring without salt, okay? But the world needs you to be salt and light. So let the love of God shine out through your actions so the world will see how good our God is. Number two, true faith always produces good deeds. The more we trust God, the more we believe in him and stay connected to him, the more our lives will bear fruit for God. And if our life isn't producing fruit, we need to ask if we really do believe. In fact, the half-brother of Jesus would call that dead faith. After the resurrection, James was convinced that his own half-brother was the son of God, and he became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And we have a letter from him where he says that faith must express itself in action to be actual faith. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead. And useless. Now, obviously, James was a no-nonsense kind of guy. You might have picked up on that. He said that if you don't help your fellow Christian in need, your faith is no faith at all. So we're not saved uh, by good works. We're not saved by earning our way into good standing with God. But James is saying that good works are the evidence of faith. True faith and works are one at work in our life. Faith is not just a thought that stays in our head or a feeling that stays in our heart, but faith overflows into our everyday life. So faith is more than just 
I believe this abstract thought is true. Faith is buying groceries for someone in need. Faith is treating someone with kindness who doesn't treat you with kindness. Faith is giving someone your jacket or your shoes because you notice they don't have one. And if you find yourself in life not really caring in your heart about the needs of others, if you realize that your heart cares more about yourself than your neighbor, then your faith needs to grow. And you need to stay as connected to Jesus as possible to grow. Let's read what Jesus said in John chapter 15. He said, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If your life is not bearing the fruit of loving others, then you need to stay as connected to Jesus as possible. He'll give you what you need to bear fruit. So read about Jesus in scripture every day. Worship him in your car on the way to work. Talk to your Christian friends about your faith and how your life is going. Pray constantly. The more connected you are to Jesus, the more you'll grow and bear fruit because true faith always produces good deeds. Third, you are most like Jesus when you put others first. You see, when we serve others, when we put them first, we are reflecting the heart of Jesus to them, and they get a glimpse of God and how he sees them through you. Check out what Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. Paul said, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests only, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus is the ultimate example of putting others first. Although he created the entire world as a member of the Trinity, he became a part of his creation. Although he deserved to be served for all eternity, he washed his disciples' dirty feet. Although he had all the riches of heaven, he was born to a poor family in a feeding trough in a small town. He never sinned once, but he died like a criminal, out of obedience to God the Father and out of love for us. And since he has bought us with a price by dying for our sin, we should respond by living like him and putting others first. There's a famous pastor named Tim Keller who boils down the attitude of Jesus as self-giving love. And I think that self-giving love will change the world. Self-giving love is the attitude we should have if we want to live a life on mission for Jesus. Because every act of self-giving love shows people Jesus. Paul and Tim Keller aren't the only ones who think we should imitate Christ with self-giving love. Jesus himself taught this to his disciples. Two of his disciples asked him one time if they could have positions of honor in his kingdom. And he told them no, and then we're going to read what happened next. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, 
and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man, that's Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Those two disciples were angling for honor and power for themselves. But Jesus wasn't. He came to serve others, to put them first, and to give his life to redeem all of humanity. If we're going to follow him, we shouldn't be angling for honor and power, but to serve those around us. And in the kingdom of God, the most important person is the one who serves others the most. It's not the Christian with the most political power. It's not the pastor with the most Instagram followers. It's the no-name person from a no-name church, no power and no clout, who just happens to serve others the most. We may never even know their name. Martin Luther King Jr. reflected on this in one of his sermons. He said, by giving that definition of greatness, it means that everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love, and you can be that servant. Amen. Isn't that good? By serving others, anybody can be great in God's eyes, and anybody can reflect Jesus to the world by putting others first. And finally, doing good for others brings glory to God. Doing good and serving others in the name of Jesus is so important because it brings glory to God, which is what we were made to do. When Jesus finished using those metaphors of salt and light that we read earlier, he said to his disciples, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Your good deeds, they should bring light to a dark world. And those living in darkness will see that light and turn. And they will see what God has done in you. If we as the church, if we're not serving our world well, less people will turn to God and worship him. But if we love our neighbor well, we put others first, more people are going to turn to God and worship him. And I think that sometimes we forget that serving others is how we change the world. We don't change our world through the methods, the methods of the kingdom of this world because it, it won't work. Sometimes we're tempted to think that power is the way to go, that we'll turn around our nation through political power, but power over others doesn't change their heart on the inside, and it's not the way of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God advances through power under others, to serve them humbly. It advances through faith in action. It's one heart at a time being transformed by the love of God, by our example and our testimony together. Now, of course, I'm not saying we shouldn't vote. Uh, it's a great privilege to be able to vote and choose our leaders in this country, and we can improve our society in many ways. But voting isn't going to advance the kingdom of God in this world. It's not going to transform hearts for Jesus. From the inside out, but loving your neighbor and putting your faith into action will do just that. Because doing good for others is what will cause people to ask you for the reason, for the hope that you have. 
Serving others is what will cause non-Christians to admire Christians again. Uh, Right now, it's not really happening. We've kind of gotten a bad rap because we haven't, as a whole in America, done very well at this in the past several decades. But we can love and serve people even if we don't agree with their behavior or their worldview, right? We can serve people who are caught in sexual sin. We can serve atheists. We can serve people who don't serve us. And it shows just how much we've truly changed when our actions demonstrate the love of God. When we aren't just all talk. And our example lines up with our testimony. The change in our lives points people to Jesus and his power to transform a life. So today, I want you to consider some specific ways that you can demonstrate the self-giving love of God to the people around you and put your faith into action. So I want to ask you a couple questions to help you kind of reflect on this this morning. Um, If you want to close your eyes, you can, or you can keep them open. Just reflect on this. Who do you know who needs a little extra support right now? There's always somebody. Who in your life needs a little extra support? How can you help them? And what does your community need? How can we as Christians work together to meet those needs? Whether it's your family, your connect group, our church, churches in the area, how can we meet the needs of our community? And if you think of something, write it down. Make a reminder on your phone or put it on a sticky note, whatever you need to do, and take action right away. Take that first step to get things going. You may have some things that come to mind right away, and that's awesome. But I want to suggest to you this morning a couple practical ways that you can serve others with our church family. A couple weeks ago in a staff meeting, uh, we came up with an idea for showing people Jesus to our community during this time. I really think a bunch of you are going to want to get involved in this. Uh, Thanksgiving's coming up in one month. Pastor Steve mentioned this real quick earlier. Thanksgiving's coming up, so we're going to make Thanksgiving dinner boxes. We're going to distribute these to our open table and grow families this November, the week before Thanksgiving. These boxes are going to have all the non-perishable ingredients they need to make a meal. It'll have a voucher for them to get a turkey at the grocery store. And there are a few ways that you can help. Pastor Steve mentioned these. You can donate before November 8th. Uh, November 15th, you can help pack these boxes. It's going to kind of be like a mini Rise Against Hunger event if you've ever participated in those with us. And you can sign up to help distribute them as well. I hope that tons of you guys sign up and and help to do this. It's going to be awesome. A great way to bless our community with the love of God. You can, if you want to do that, you can sign up in the community corner as you leave after the service. It's on your right in the lobby. And you can also sign up right there for our Mexico mission trip info meeting. Um, This year, I was so bummed because our Mexico mission trip had to be canceled this summer because of COVID. But we're going back. We're going to partner with a ministry called Caring Hearts in Mexico. Um, And our team leader, Amy Craig, has been going there for about 10 years to serve with them. And she's going to bring a whole bunch of us with her this summer to show people Jesus. Caring Hearts has a bunch of different ministries that our team will be involved in. They have a soup kitchen, a boys' home. They have a blind center and a drug rehab. They minister to shut-ins in their community, the handicapped and the elderly. And they also provide clean water to people who actually live at the city dump there. These people get their water out of a dirty canal, 
and they try to eke out a living of what they can salvage out of the garbage. So we, they get them clean water. And our team's going to be heading there this summer from July 31st to August 7th. If you want to learn more about the trip, we have an info meeting on November 15th where you can get all the details. And if you think there's any chance at all that you might be interested, just let us know out at the sign-up table and we'll be in touch with you to see if it works for you. God is really going to do some awesome things through, through this mission team, through the Thanksgiving dinner boxes, and through us. If we live out our faith, we put the message of the gospel into action and love people as he loved us. God is going to do amazing things in our communities and in our families and in our world through each and every one of you in this room. He has specific good works planned for you to do, and it's going to be amazing. God wants to use your life to bring people closer to him because he loves every person. Every one matters to him, and we matter to him. So he is calling his people to live a life on mission for him. So let's do what he called us to do. Let's connect with lost people and pray for them like crazy. Let's share our story of what God has done in our own hearts and our life. And let's help new Christians grow stronger in their faith. And through it all, let's be an example of self-giving love that changes the world. Amen? Would you pray with me today? Jesus, you gave up your divine privileges. You were born as a baby in a manger in all humility. And when you grew up, you not only showed us how to follow God, but you gave your life on the cross for us. You gave up your life for us. Lord, help us to be humble and to reflect that attitude to the world around us, that attitude of self-giving love. Lord, we ask that you would put opportunities in front of us this week for us to show your love to the world around us through our actions, that we could point people to you with how we live our life, that we wouldn't just be all talk, but that we would walk the walk. We'd be faithful to you. We would love our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, we thank you so much for your grace for us because we're not perfect at that. We don't always get it right. We all have a little bit of hypocrisy in us somewhere, God, and we need you to work in our hearts, work in us, draw us closer to you that we might truly live for you 100%. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're gonna do through each of our lives. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. We'd love to connect with you. So visit our website at newstantonchurch.com, follow the Get Involved tab, and RSVP to our next meet and greet.